You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Heart of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 305 of the Symphony's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Uh, today I am joined by executive video audio producer Dakota Davis slash co-host Dakota Davis, who's out of breath because he just came running back across the studio doing all of the jobs because Zach, uh, well, he's earned some vacation time. Uh, Dakota, how are we doing? Today I'm regretting moving all of the equipment <laughs> over there when it used to be right there. It would have been a lot easier. The one, yeah, the t- the twice a year that it's in uh, the way that it's not what perfect. What an inconvenience! Yeah, yeah, you probably shouldn't let Dakota, uh, Zach be on vacation. Taking it out of Zach's pay, well, I can tell you that right now. He's gonna be. We're gonna pay him with one pickle, uh, saltwater taffy. Yes, one pickle saltwater taffy. That is that is his pay this week. Uh, it could have been two, but he wasn't here. Uh, what do we got planned, Dakota? Today's episode features Mr. Justin Lohorn, and Justin is here from the Hoosier Automotive Group, um, formerly known as Hoosier Auto Repair, um, located here in beautiful Henry County, Indiana. We're going to be talking to Justin about how he got started, um, what his background is, his expansion into their brand new facility, their new building, the th- all the things that have to do with uh, being a small business owner and expanding into different areas. And then uh, at the very end, Jeremiah uh, and Justin and I were all talking. We might be talking a little bit about the submarine, uh, but we're not we're not quite sure yet. So just make sure you stick around to the end, and, and you'll see if you hear it or not. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna search the search the floor of the studio to see if we can find submarine talk at the end. Uh, this show is about our lives. Or we're in, good lord. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think. As individuals, sometimes we'll provoke you, other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, we learned in Patreon what, Dakota? What was our big takeaway on Patreon today? Big takeaway for Patreon today was that saltwater taffy, although delicious, and pickles, although delicious, do not mix well together. You're going to ruin Dakota uh, Zach's prize. His pay, it's not going to sound nearly as, as amazing when he, you know, he's got, I've got 500 miles of freight in this, this taffy that I brought back for him. And, and here you are poo-pooing it. He'll enjoy it. Who knows? Maybe, maybe one of us in here actually thought it was good. You'll have to go to patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty to find that out. That's where you can go to support the show on a monthly level. Every month, they start out at $5 a month. They go all the way up to $50 a month. You get access to show notes before the show starts. 
a Facebook group that is dedicated to you only, a bonus 20-minute episode where we do things like try dill pickle saltwater taffy and uh, a new beer that Jeremiah brought back from Canada. And uh, allegedly, I don't know if that's a crime, so we'll just say allegedly. And uh, There's a lot of gray areas yeah. on, on what you can and can't bring back and forth and how much you're allowed to and how long you stayed. I'm not a lawyer, so um, no, I did not bring anything back across the border. I'll have to get Sean Rao in here again, and he'll tell us. And uh, sometimes you even get little gifts in the mail. We've sent um, we've sent stickers, large and small. We've sent postcards that had pictures, a collage of our favorite episodes. We've sent chapstick, and uh, we've even sent free T-shirts. So I, I think it's well worth your while, and uh, we we try to do our best to to make it worth your while and your money. And if you donate at $50 or more a month, you get a shout-out at the front of every episode. And those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Indiana, our favorite Norwex dealer. Then we have Mr. Jonathan Phillips, who is our favorite car dealer in the continental United States. Favorite and new car dealer. New car dealer. Okay, Thanks. yeah, let's Thanks say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry, Justin. No, I, get it. I apologize. I get it. No, I understand. It's all about the money. I get it. John is also running for <laughs> City Council District 2 in Newcastle, Indiana. I'm sure that he could uh, use your support if you are interested in that. And, uh, you know, go out, check go check out his positions on things. And then we also have Mr. Anthony Meyer, who is, uh, he's trying to keep your packages on time now. He's, he's, he's Mr. FedEx. That's right. He's, he's a FedEx contract carrier taking him across the country. Maybe he doesn't want us to say that. Uh, too late. Yep. It is what it is. Such is life. Yeah. He shouldn't he shouldn't have trusted us with his secret if he didn't want it out there. Yeah. We have microphones. Also, merchandise. We don't have a store anymore because we wanted to cut out the middleman, so just send us a email directly to Dakota or Jeremiah at ballshogofliberty.com. You can send a voicemail to the website, or you can just drop us a DM on Facebook or Instagram, whichever suits your favor. And if you send the DM to Facebook, Zach will get it and say, hey, somebody should look at that DM because I never do. Um, <laughs> that is true, Zach, Zach. Zach 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 is the only one that monitors to see. Zach all the time in. is sending us uh, screenshots of the Boss Talk of Liberty inbox um, on Facebook. Yeah, I don't have the Facebook app. I don't have Facebook on my phone. And then Jeremiah doesn't check it. And Zach's just like, I'm not responding. <laughs> you guys are the ones that are on camera. So uh, Zach doesn't get paid enough to respond. Uh, Listen, here's here's the way the car dealer thing works. I buy all my new cars from from John over to Andy Moore, and I sold my most recent car to Justin so that it could be resold down at Hoosier Auto. So it's a it's a you know no it it, it goes both ways. Used cars, used cars only. It's yeah, so hard to get. In pull pull that mic in closer to you though, right up on you. Okay. Oh my God, better. that's so there much better. Is. Yeah, I'm alive. It's perfect. Yeah. So I have a question, real quick. So why why do you choose not to have Facebook on your phone? Because that's a he has an addiction. The one percenter. Uh, yeah. Well, I just it's too much of a distraction. That's fair. Uh, Instagram is not as bad for me for some reason. He just likes looking at sweaty dudes lifting stuff. I get into yeah. Yeah, get my it. Instagram is uh, tattoos, uh, bodybuilders, world's strongest man. Yeah. And uh, and that's about it. Really. You find that stuff motivational for you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I am uh, a lot of people. You hear a lot of people that will uh, dog down on people like, oh, don't need motivation. To Like, I I love corny motivational videos. Right. 
motivational posters. I love all that stuff. I feed off of it big time. So when you when you're lifting in the gym, do you are you on YouTube like in your headphones or are you on music? Um, usually on music, but there's definitely some days where I need a little bit of a just Beethoven, a, a kick. Mozart, just like classics. No, um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. In the gym, I'm uh, I'm a, a metal guy, and then um, I actually have a playlist that's for whenever I leave the gym to try to get me calmed back down. Really. Yeah, and it starts off with uh, House of the Rising Sun by The Animals. Very slow uh, melody, nice, Just trying easy. to become undead on the inside. All right, just trying to get a nice flow start to the day, moving from the gym mindset into a more calm mindset. Yeah. So I, I, I do YouTube videos that you were talking about, you know, the motivational cheesy stuff, whatever. But I listen to the YouTube videos that have, like, that epic music in the background and then it has like somebody talking yeah, through it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I'm into those too. Yeah. And that's, and then I don't have a cool down playlist though. That might be something neat to try. I usually switch to nice. something. I try to keep it fast. I try not to ever listen to anything that's slow or less energy. I don't, I hate country. I hate anything slow. <laughs> I hate anything that's not um, yeah. very upbeat. Well, I hate new country too. It's terrible. Yeah. It's trash. And so yeah, country music changed around 1995. I didn't even tell you when it changed. That's how much I listened to it. None. <laughs> my, my music is exclusively... Um, okay. I Pretty much, I'm very exclusive to heavy metal or uh, like Waylon Jennings, Marty Robbins. Uh, Noted NASCAR driver. NASCAR driver that I didn't, I didn't know that. I knew Marty because of um, Big Iron. I, I found Marty Robbins because of Fallout New Vegas, which is a video game about a post-apocalyptic world. And they, the song Big Iron is in that game. And I was like, well, this is, this is a banger. So. Marty Robbins was a, a gentleman driver. He was not particularly good at it, but he did, he did have a number of NASCAR cup starts. All right. So let's get to know Justin a little bit. You are um, becoming a, a prominent local businessman, one of the most popular uh, auto shops in town, and you've expanded into the, the auto dealership side in the last year. Mm-hmm. But your background is 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 in accounting, if I remember right. Correct? Colorful, yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, I would say that my professional career started um, in oh nine, oh eight, oh nine. Great, great time to start a professional career for sure. Especially in accounting. Um, right. So I actually was a PT at Anytime Fitness, which is where I actually met my wife. And um, so I was there for Was a she a client years. or did she work there with you? No, she was just somebody that was, she was just there. And um, <laughs> I was just either one, I was way too good looking or she couldn't pass me up or I just got really lucky. And so I'm going to go with lucky. You're a good looking um, guy, Justin. Don't let anyone so, dog uh, you down. I, I appreciate you. I'll let her know that you said that. She'll know. <laughs> but uh, um, no, it's nice to hear. Thanks. But no, so I did that Listen, for Dakota. Looks at a lot of guys on Instagram. If he right. says you're good looking, no, that is God, honestly so a true. huge compliment. That's so true. I'm making an Instagram account all about now, the like positiveness. Dakota will um, like every picture. Yeah, for sure. Thanks to be my one and only. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so I did that for a couple years, and then. Um, yeah, I actually, so um, I really went from, that was really fun because um, I 
I used to like people. Um, but uh, I did that, and then um, I actually just that fell through. And I went and worked at a wiring factory in Richmond, Belden Wiring Factory. And uh, I started there as a temp at like nine bucks an hour or something like that, driving to Richmond every day. But I met a lot of really, really good people while I was there. Um, a lot of people that, you know, um, were going places and, you know, made a lot of good friends. And so started working through that, got hired on full time, started going back to school. And then, like you were saying, I, I went back to school and got my accounting degree. I went for, I want to say five years it took me, something like that, um, just going part-time. Because by that time, um, you know, I was married, had kids and all that fun stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I did that. And, uh, excuse me. And uh, actually got a job in accounting at Belden. So, uh, and then I ended up going to the corporate side um, for Belden. And then in 16, I went to Magna Powertrain as a cost accountant. And up, up in Funcy. Yes. Not Magna yes. Tool. Our friends at Magna Tool here, Magna Powertrain up in Muncie. Yes. And uh, closer drive, more money, you know, all the things you want to hear when uh, you change jobs. And uh, again, great place to work. Um, I had met a lot of good people there. And uh, honestly, I forget where I was going. I remember, I remember like the the picture in my mind um, of exactly where I was standing, exactly where I saw uh, the twenty, the 14th Street location that we just moved from. So I was at the Speedway gas station across the street, and I was on the second pump in, and my car was facing the street. I was pumping gas, and I saw there was a for sale sign in the window. And I remember talking to my dad about it or calling my dad, or I can't remember who I said first, but... Um, there wasn't very many cars there, you know, whatever. And uh, I remember I stopped by and talked to him. I can't believe it was, it was that same week or week after, something like that. And, you know, just, you know, I'd always been into cars. Um, been into, you know, track days, HPD stuff, tuning cars. Um, I've had probably 50 plus cars in the, you know, in how long I've been driving. And just, you know... Um, they were all stuff. worked on all, all of your own problems, right? Yeah, and they were all modified. They were all you know did a lot of my own stuff. Like most people that work on cars do, they start just working on cars. And um, you know, some guys are into the older stuff. Some, I was always into the electronics and the newer stuff, and um, and so and I, you know, I had the accounting background, but you know, I kind of, <clears throat> I kind of was tired of the whole four walls cubicle thing. Um, that was uh. At the time, I was just kind of burnt out. And so, yeah, I remember going in and talking to him. And uh, I think we ended up purchasing that like three months later, four months later after that, after we got all like the EPA stuff and all the testing done. So was it op- was was it operating as Hoosier Auto at the time? Or what was, so, it, what was the business that you bought? Yeah. So, well, people still call it that today. So it's funny. Some of our dealership accounts are still under Hoosier Break and Alignment. Um, and so it was that for... 30 years or whatever when it was up on um, broad. And so, um, yeah, Scott Kilgore owned it when I bought it. And um, he, at the time, he was working. Yeah. That, was, that, that, was that loud. beer didn't come back and no. get you. No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so he owned it at the time. He was working at Crown, coming in after work and just working on some cars just to basically pay the bills and stuff. And uh, so um, 
it was, it was still Hoosier brake and alignment. And, um, and I think he had actually changed it to Hoosier auto repair, I believe like just within the year or two, cause I, it burnt yeah. down. Yeah. And then when they I rebuilt it after it burnt down, it was Hoosier auto repair. Right. Yeah. It was, it was around that time. I, I think that's when they rebranded. Um, so at the time there was no alignment system or anything like that. So the whole alignment thing kind of went away and, um, you know, everybody was telling me, you know, make it, you know, Justin's auto or whatever. Nothing wrong with that, but I wanted something that was more scalable because um, I, you know, immediately didn't want to feel like I was trapped into. You, you were know, just owning you ever, your job. Right. If Exactly. Yeah. At, the, at some point in time, if I ever wanted to sell this, I didn't want the reputation of Justin's auto or whatever. You know, it wanted to be something that anybody could buy and take over. So we did that. And um, yeah, we kept the name Hoosier Auto Repair for, well, until March of this year, really. And theoretically, we still op- operate that page. Um, we're still Hoosier Auto Repair. Um, you know, we've still got, that's where we run all of our coupons and things like that. But I mean, the, you know, when we added the dealership this year, when we moved into our new location, that was, uh, we, we did the group name, the Hoosier Auto Group, kept the wheel and all that, just so it was more comfort at all. Well, very good. So, did you have all your own tools and all that, like the barrier to entry to just getting into mm-hmm. auto repair and having a, you know, a customer facing auto repair shop sounds sure. like, I mean, I guess buying the shop is how it is, how that worked out or how, how the, it, the real question is, did the snap on dealer transfer owners? Um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I've actually always been, and, and people make fun of me for it. Um, but honestly, if it, um, if it works, you know, then it works. And the, what I mean when I say that is I had all my own, you know, hand tools and things like that. Um, and then when I bought the place, it came with, he had some stuff, you know, the lifts, and the equipment were there. Um, a little bit of office equipment, you know, I, I think I racked up like, I don't know, I went all in. I think I racked up like two or $3,000 in credit card debt when I opened just for like some machines and, and things like that. Um, but I, uh, I bought a used scanner, um, off snap on, uh, then another, uh, repair shop here in town had traded in like a month prior. Um, you know, I bought everything I've bought and until, you know, the last couple of years was, I didn't just have to have the newest piece of equipment as long as it functioned. Yeah. If, as long as it functioned and did everything I needed it to do. Um, you know, and I was the same way with like all my specialty tools, you know, if I'm going to buy something that only use once a year. I'm not paying $2,000 for it on the snap on Matco truck. I'll buy it on Amazon for, you know, $200 because I'm going to use it once a year. Um, we do have a Harbor freight in town now too. That's true. It's and where you get all the best jack stands. Yes, exactly. And it gives you that thrill that I may or may not die. <laughs> yeah. And hey, uh, I, it is the best place for those tools you're talking about. I need it right now and I don't know if I'll need it again. But the crazy part is, is it's all lifetime warranties. Who cares? Right. If, you know, if you're two That's minutes true. away down the road, if it you snaps, crack whatever. A, yeah, who cares? I would rather use that spring off of an Indy car uh, than a than a jack stand from Harbor Freight. Well, you know, you know, like I said, <laughs> live a li- live a little. But Although, if it you kills you, find, it's not your problem anymore. You didn't find any disagreements. <laughs> Nobody's no. Uh, we're just trying not to get sued by Harbor Freight now. All right, so you you picked up this place, and then it's, it's the entire time I've known Justin, you've had this "I want to grow" mentality. Of, sure, you know, you bought the twenty seventeen. 
When, when uh, did you buy? So it was, I believe, September 21st, 2018. 2018. Friday. Yep. Yep. I left Magna at five o'clock and went to the closing at 530. And then I opened on Monday. I believe I opened on Monday. I may have. No, we were closed for a week. I cashed out my 401k and um, I used that to pay our bills for like the next month, month and a half, like house bill and all that stuff. And uh, but I believe I think I opened that Monday. You had um, no net at all. You just jumped in. No safety net. Just yeah. I mean, it, what, what's the worst part that could happen? I mean, if everything falls through, I still had an accounting degree. I've still got, you know, um, there's still there's there's always something to go back on, whether you think it's all in or whatever. Right. Um. You know, there was always something to go back to, and at the end of the day, it's just just money. Um. And and when I say that, I mean, you know. We only pay, we didn't pay much for the business. I mean, to be honest with you, in today's realm of things, when we got that building, that corner, and this is you know pre-COVID, pre-real estate hike, you know all that fun stuff. Um, you know, we didn't pay much for it. So at the time, it just seemed like you know what it was something you, at, you could be comfortable with. Yeah, and still what, sleep. there wasn't much to lose. So, so you do that, and then the the bit. I, I know you did some direct marketing immediately because I think right after you bought it, Sarah mm-hmm. and I got a oil change coupon in the mail and started coming. Yes, it, you did. Yep. You did some direct marketing so to folks. It was twelve hundred and fifty dollars. I put that on my credit card. Did that from Vistaprint. Yeah, that was the one and only time I've ever done a mailer because I think one person brought it in. Probably me. Pro- yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably Sarah's but, car. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was the. Uh, Trust I, me, you've made your twelve hundred bucks back. No, no, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think yeah. I, that, yeah, I contemplated having you sign your name in the concrete when we poured it yeah. in there. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I did some direct mark. And <clears throat> one thing, I, I've always been trying to do stuff different than what other people in town do. And I'm probably the youngest shop owner in town as far as your major shops go. And so, um, yeah, immediately I think a lot of that just, some of the other shops are missing that internet marketing part. And so, you know, that's where everybody goes. What do you do when... Well, not you because you don't have it on your phone. But most people go to Facebook and, you know, Google, whatever. Google. I am on Google. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, they're scrolling Facebook, scrolling whatever. So, I mean, if people spend hours on that, then why are you not on that? Whether you hate it or not or don't know how to use it, pay your your niece or nephew or something $10 to put you on, you know, Facebook or to, whatever. To create a profile. Uh, right. A, uh, some sort of a, a landing page. Right. So... The, what's been interesting for me to watch is how you've scaled the business up because sure. you've, you know, you can only work on so many cars yourself. You're adding sure. people, you're adding, you know, in that facility, you, you guys did an expansion almost immediately. Like you've, you've had an eye towards growth. That's been really impressive. Sure. Yeah. And I owe a lot of that. So, um, so yeah, so I did it for about nine months on my own, answered the phone, worked on the cars. And that's where I met a lot of our long-term customers. Um, you know, and then it got to the point where, it just wasn't feasible because because of the growth. You just couldn't grow doing it your own. Um, but um, and then I hired on um, another mechanic, and then at that point, I actually had his wife come in and do the office work. Um, and I learned a ton from them. It was actually it was Jeremy and Amanda Evans, um, and they're both local. But um, as far as you know, I knew the business side of it, and I knew how to work on cars. I knew how to diagnose cars just from the electric side. Um, and just being around them. But as far as like the automotive programs in the industry, um, them two helped me like tremendously um, streamline my process, basically. You know, as far as like learning 
you know, the best pro better programs to use something to help me get organized and help with the, you know, just being efficient. But yeah, as far as scaling goes, yeah, I think we, um, in 19 is when I hired on people twenties when we, uh, we started building on the addition, um, which is, so we picked up the ambulance service, um, for Newcastle and some for the, for the, for the County, which has kind of gone away, um, as far as what, us servicing the County, but so that's actually why we built that addition on. You you built on to to match an ambulance that they they immediately got rid that of. they immediately got rid of. <laughs> I know, and I even bought the lift to lift them too. And uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't tell me about that, which fair enough. But that was. Horrible. Are you familiar with the story, Dakota? No. no so no, Justin no, no. Justin okay. has all the ambulances in town. He builds an extra bay onto his business so that yeah. he can take care of the ambulances because he didn't want to work on them in the parking lot anymore. Yeah. He buys the special lift to be able to get the ambulance up. And then no sooner than he finally finishes that bay, they replace the ambulances one with that one that will no longer fit in his brand new building. And he's back to <laughs> fixing them in the parking lot again. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was uh, <laughs> my favorite so small business. $70,000 $70, later, you know, between the lift and the addition and all that stuff. Oh my um, gosh. You know what I mean? And, and don't get me wrong. So, it was still good for working on other oh, vehicles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because at that point, we could do dualies. We could pull in trucks. And that's where we put our alignment system because that's when we added the alignment system. But, yeah, so they had, you know, um, I think four, three. Now, they had three diesels at the time um, that were only like 14,000 pounds. And uh, so I bought a 15,000-pound alignment rack, you know. And then, yeah, sure enough, man, they just bought four Dodges that are 19,000 pounds, four-wheel drive. And, yeah, it went right back to the parking lot. But fortunately, it didn't hurt us very much because they were new at the time. And now we've got the bigger facility, so it doesn't hurt us at all. But, uh, yeah, they were new at enough at the time we really didn't do much to them at that location. But, yeah, so we added on that building, you know, and we started that in 21 um, 20 and 21, we finished it in 21. And then right after that, I mean, we only had 30 parking spots at that location. You know what I mean? And that was including the mud in the back and the, just the, everything was limited at that location. And then that's, and then at the end of 21, but you could walk next door and get a Jack donut. That's true. It was and, a happy little tr- corner there, right? Cause you yes. had, you had Jack's Donuts, you had yes. Dairy Queen, you had a Pizza King, Pizza King, yeah. all all right there. It was yes. a magical corner of Newcastle. I miss having a gas station across the street. Everybody that works there, or, or had worked there, they would miss having a gas station across the street. So that's actually, so we, I actually stock, just to keep everybody happy, I stock uh, Monster Energy and Rockstar and Water <laughs> at our new shop that's free for the guys wow. only just because they don't have a gas station. To walk when you're trying them. to hire people, is this in the, on the brochure? Uh, I make sure monster, we, I make free sure monster we walk energy. by it and, and just be like, yeah, those are for you guys. You know, <laughs> I just kind of mention it. Like, it's like working easy. at the Google of, uh, yeah. of auto repair shops. It's in the indeed <laughs> profile. So real story. So I actually had a interview at Moby wireless in Indianapolis when I was changing jobs. And they legit had a kitchen there, and you were allowed two eight-ounce beers throughout the day. And that was yes, and that was a that was an that was the first time I'd ever heard or seen anything like that. And uh, yeah, so that's you know it's just a step down from that. Yeah, that's always been my argument. One margarita at lunchtime is not going to get me over point zero eight. Mm-hmm. Well, point zero four Good for CDL. Uh, at my employer, there's a number in the handbook. And really? it's fine. 
Very nice. Jealous. I'm pretty jealous. I've also never been breathalyzed at work. But if I, I have if I have a business function that makes me drink, I probably just don't go back to the office. We sure yeah. we sure do. Well, now working remotely for everybody, technically every job's probably capable of being a, you know, something at, while you're on the clock or at work. Yeah. Well, I know in the 80s our Louisville office it was completely socially acceptable to have bourbon in their desk. Uh after after five o'clock, you were you were good to go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's an insurance agency in town where one of the agents has a decanter on his desk right now. Can't confirm or deny that. So, I assume Justin, there was like this thought of like, hey, if I've only got three bays, then you're you're looking at the business saying I can only do so much revenue, I can only grow so much, and we're, sure. you know you're physically limited on what what the business can do. But the sure. growth is still incredibly fast because a lot of the you know, shops in town are. You know, they don't grow that fast in, in 50 years. Yeah, I think some of that's by choice. Um, you know, I think there's there is some busy shops in town um, and there's some other good shops in town. You know, there's <clears throat> um, people have this notion that everybody hates everybody. But honestly, there's there's some good shops in town. Um, and I think it's just the they're happy where they're at. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's it's all about the end game. Um, I I want to build it as big as I can build it for four to five years, 10 years, whatever, and then sell it and move on to something else. Um, because it, it, it's, that's what it is. It's just building a foundation. But yeah, so we, we had 30, going back to what we were talking about, I had 30, 30 some parking spots at the other shop. And uh, now we have 127, something like that. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's always geared towards <clears throat> the people who have the, have the easy jobs. You know what I mean? Like the easy, like my brakes are grinding, my caliper sticking, whatever. They can't wait. You know, they can't wait a day or two, like we were talking before the show. And, you know, we're, we were booked out at the old shop two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, guys just couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up, couldn't keep up with the phones. And um, a lot of that just, I think, stemmed from our customer service and just being new and putting our name out there. Because um, honestly, that's what we're known for is just one is our customer service. And um, you're probably the only car dealers or car service shop in town that has pool vehicles or did or you know customer cars oh yeah you mean like the courtesies yeah. and stuff yeah. yeah so that was yeah so it's always looking for something to differentiate yourself right um i, I don't know if anybody else has ever tried it but yeah i mean it, it basically that was just looking into you know what kind of insurance can i get whatever and looking at to what can i put on the road that's cheap to fix that i don't care if somebody beats up that looks nice and then it evolved from there because i think we had we started out with some different ones, some cheaper ones, and then we got up to like three, I think, at one point. And then, you know, started having problems, got rid of some, whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's crazy, you know, talking about the growth thing. And we're still, like I told you before, we're booked out, you know, two weeks again. And we're now we're, you know, five technicians deep and two people in the office and me. And, and it just, it continues to grow, you know, to this day, just to where should have built a building bigger already. And that, and that's a good problem to have, but, um, you know, it's a problem nonetheless, because people honestly, they, they get aggravated when you cannot get them in. Like they do like legitimately get mad. Oh, I mean, and, I can tell you if your brake caliper sticking, it can wait a little bit, just the next red light or stop sign, slam the brake pedal to the floor. Yeah. And you're good for another couple miles. Yeah. Well, if you don't stop, something will stop you. <laughs> so, you know, you can always use your transmission to shift. Yeah. yeah. Something you can, yeah. you can slow down. Yep. But, uh, and that's what car insurance is for, Dakota. Mm. 
Yeah, it's like the boat insurance, too. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it's for, man. Is you wreck something, right. it's all good. We all know, like, that's if you use your insurance for something, it, it, does, it just stays the same rate usually. They don't wind up making you pay for it in the long run anyway. So, yeah, it's great. So, so you decided peak COVID when the car industry is going insane. Yes. That you're going to start a car dealership on top of it. So we always get the questions of, you know, what do you guys have for sale? And, and to be honest with you, our car lot was always the, the biggest reason people thought we, people thought we were a car lot at our last shop is just because of lot was always full, whether they were cars waiting on engines, waiting on transmissions that would sit there for two or three weeks or whatever. Cause you couldn't turn stuff instantly. It was, no, there yeah. was a waiting if, period. If somebody wants parts. a brand new engine and they want it from, oh, I only want my, my engine from O'Reilly Auto Parts and it takes a uh, six weeks to build. I mean, the car just sits there. You know what I mean? Their engine's blown. And, and you know, people passing by don't know what's going on. They just see a car sitting there. And uh, yeah, so I, this is Newcastle, so it's got to be a Ram. I, yeah. I need I need that Jeep or that 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 Dodge or whatever that's sitting there. I, I got to buy it. And, uh, yeah, and they just thought that we were a car lot. And so, you know, um, you know, a ton of people would stop by like, hey, what do you guys have for sale? What do you, and, you know, every once in a while we have something, you know, that a customer didn't want to fix or whatever. Um, but really after that is when I was, you know, I wanted to take the next step to, you know, I saw an open market really because you have, you know, you've got the the Hublers and the, and the auto farms selling, you know, your higher end one or two year old vehicles, you know, that are, you know, 18 plus thousand dollars. And you've got who knows how many corner lots in town selling everything from, you know, 4,000 to, you know, so I always thought that there was a market there for your hundred thousand miles or less, you know, 10 years or less car that was, you know, nine to 14,000, whatever is, is, you know what I mean? And, uh, there's still some good life left in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You don't want to pay that premium for that, you know, that new car, but you don't want something with 150,000 miles on it because you only drive five a year. And so if you buy something with less than a hundred, it may last you 10 years. And so, and you know, that's, it's kind of a, I'm learning that that target market was, it's there. Um, and I think a lot of it's just because we aren't as known for a car dealer yet. Um, but you know, it's, those cars are probably the hardest ones to find is because they're by that time they've showed their, they've either got major issues and you already know about their issues. That's why I hate, I'm the worst person to buy cars. Cause when I go to the auction, I'm like, that car's a piece, that car's a piece, that car's <laughs> going to have this, this issue. I can't buy this one cause I'm going to buy it. And then it's going to transmission is going to go out in like a month. And it's just, it's the worst thing knowing all the problems that cars have <laughs> and then trying to buy cars. It's, it just makes it hard. That, yeah. That's only if you care about the people that are buying your cars, though. Well, you have to. Sounds like, right. You know. You're selling cars in the town you live in, too, right? Yeah. Like you, you, your, yeah. your reputation yeah. and your customer service is the, you know, it's got to be at the top because that's, that's those, the, there's only so many people in this community. Oh, for sure. You have to have, yeah. you have to have the good reputation or else it's going to be, it's not going to work very long. Yeah. And, I, and I've probably given away probably four or five sales in the last month just from over information. But, um, you know, honestly, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'd rather tell you about it. You be comfortable with it. So we've had this conversation. And then if it goes wrong, we both already know what we already have a plan in place. We already know either I'm going to do this, cover this, or you're going to get the warranty and it's going to cover it. So don't worry about it. The warranty is 300 bucks, whatever. And yeah, so that five minute conversation we had before you bought the car saved us an hour long yelling match, you know, later. 
And you screwed so, me over. Yeah. 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 And it just, and what I tell everybody is I, it just saves a bad conversation. It just, and, and I may lose two sales and get the fourth win or fifth win, or it may be two weeks later, but I don't have to have the bad conversations. Yep. And so. So how about, how about the market for cars in, in the post COVID, you know, it, we went through this deal where, mm-hmm. you know, interest rates have gone crazy used car values shot way up. You're trying to find inventory. Has it, has it been what you've expected in the, you know, as it now as a used car dealer? Um, so what I tell everyone, cause I get asked that question, you know, probably every other day as far as like, Hey, you think cars are going to come down or cars are going to change or whatever. And, uh, honestly, six months ago, you know, four, six months ago, I was still seeing at auction what I would have expected to pay retail for that vehicle. Um, it is slowly coming down, I think. I think over the next six months, we're going to see, I think today's $14,000 car, six months from now, is going to be a eleven five, twelve thousand $12,000 car. Um, but I think that it really just depends on how the economy goes. I think I may, and, and I'm actually... I haven't told anybody this, so, um, but I'm looking into actually doing a buy here, pay here section for our dealership because honestly, interest rates right now, you have people that just don't want to, they just don't want to pay 10% interest, 12%, 14% interest on a car because it's six, seven, 10 years old. Yeah. Well, into my, I mean, to my eye, you've got, there's so many headwinds that make, you know, I, I'm very risk adverse, right? This is why I work for a corporation, and I probably, you know, I'm not sure. I'm I'm in, I'm in admiration because you, you know, you've taken some some very real risks, and you know, they're you're, you're obviously successful with it, but you know, you've got the headwinds of you, you know, you have to go out and buy a car that you think is worth 14 today, but oh my god, I've got to sell it because it might, you know, it's they don't get they right. don't they don't appreciate sitting on your lot, right? No, so I actually so we have a floor plan. Um, so most your, I mean, once you get cash built up enough, um. People think that they get they get charged. First of all, let's let's start over. Um, people assume like when they go pet buy a car, like all those little fees and like oh I'm overpaying the dealer price. The amount of money it takes to like field a car like a nice car, you know, if you're going to truly sell it with no problems, the amount of money it takes like but between advertising it. So to to list a car on Car Gurus, if you want to list more than ten vehicles, it's like. It's, it's eight or nine hundred dollars a month is your subscription to Car Gurus. Cars.com's four hundred dollars a month. Uh, Carsforsale.com is a hundred bucks a month. You know what I mean? Like you've got you know, a, a tremendous amount of overhead. Oh my if gosh! Gonna, it's if nuts. you sell twelve cars, um, even if you just sit 12, do twelve cars a month, you got a hundred dollars in each car in advertising. Yeah, the first websites. car or two that I sell a month may pay for my advertising, maybe. Um, but my initial goal for the dealership is just to make my building payment. You know, the service side um, is obviously busy because of our where we've been. Um, and so really the only thing I took on was that building payment when we built that building. So if I, if the dealership can make the building payment for me, I'm good. Um, which I got to sell maybe eight to 10 cars a month and it's just me, um, selling cars. And so it's not a, it's not a huge deal, but yeah. So to answer your question, so we have a floor plan, we buy the cars on, you know, this floor plan and we pay curtailments on them. So we pay curtailments of like 12%. On sixty days, and another twelve percent at one hundred and twenty days. If not, I have to pay the car off um, or send it back to auction. You may take a loss because, like you said, the car depreciates as it sits on your lot. 
And so I make my own rule that I don't break is if a car is going to sit 60 days, and I've only had one um, that's getting close, uh, I'm going to send it back to auction. I'm not, I'm not going to just hold on to it. Um, so I think as long as you have set rules in place that you don't break, break your own rules type thing, um, it's not as big a deal. But I could definitely see where dealers get in trouble really fast. Some of my hands on a $500,000 floor plan or something, or they've got really good credit or history, they go out and buy 50 vehicles and they sell three of them, and then they're stuck with $10,000 in curtailment payments. It's It can get overwhelming quick. Really ugly. Yeah. What's what's the car that sells in Newcastle now? Like a, this this market, I, I joke about it being a... a you mean price-wise? Well, no, no. Like the, is it a Mopar? Is it really a Mopar town? Or is it no. just a... What what matters? What, pe- no. what do people want? Um, honestly, people want Kias and Hyundais, and I don't know why. Are they broken? I, these people, not the cars. No, the I just, I, you get a ton of people that just want that. If you get a Honda on your lot, um, cause we refurb other dealer cars and you know, that don't have service shops. Yeah. Um, we refurb their vehicles so that we'll have vehicles sitting on our lot that look like they're for sale, but they're being refurbed. And, uh, Oh my gosh, the people that ask about Hondas is ridiculous. Um, SUVs always sell. I sold you the most generic Honda ever, and it took way too long. To that go. kid, that guy, guy. <laughs> I say he's a kid. He's a kid to me. Um, but uh, the guy that bought that loves that car. Absolutely loves it. He was actually in there yesterday, is what I was told, um, getting something looked at. But uh, yeah, he absolutely adores that car. Good. And and that's why is because it's Honda has a reputation of being a good car, and so people love them. Um, but as far as Newcastle, honestly. People like Chevy Cruises. Um, See a lot of Chevy Cruises. Yeah, around. Chevy Equinox. You know those cheap SUVs that people just need that SUV space, but don't want. They don't need that you know higher end vehicle, and the Equinoxes are kind of that you know economy yep. SUV. And so, yeah, I mean that's. Is there something you truly hate? Oh man, I hate all cars. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, because they all have, and that's horrible. You can have two people. Go buy the same car, same day, same dealership. One is just going to have a crap ton of problems, problems, and problems, and one will you get change the oil every five thousand miles, and it's perfectly fine. Yep. And uh, so when you say hate, um, man, all cars because I no. I hate the 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 Jeep Cherokees right, not the Grand Cherokee, the, the Jeep yeah. Cherokee. Hate it with a passion. But In do fact, you hate the look, or do you hate the mechanical part of it? Uh, operating it, driving it, sitting in it. I okay. had one as a rental. Uh, there's, there's one that that's uh, plated in Michigan that's here in the town. The new ones. Uh, yeah. Well, I had a, I had a rental vehicle from Enterprise here in town. Yeah. Cracked windshield, smelled like weed, torn oh, up on the inside. Yeah. Sixty five thousand miles. Yeah. Four year old vehicle, but it's a new, re- you know, it's, it's still a rental running around. So I assume that's the current model. Right. Um, and then last year in in on, on vacation we rented a Grand Cherokee. I just don't get along with them. I, like any Jeep at all, I'm I, which is sacrilege here in Henry County in a in a Chrysler right. town. Sure, but I cannot. I'm I. It's uh, it's like right hand drive to me. Just doesn't doesn't compute. I yeah. love the old two door Jeep Cherokees. Love How them. old? Like 1990. Like, what are we talking? Yeah. Well, okay. when was the last time they made a two door? I don't know. I was. I, I'm uh, trying to think of the year so I can picture it in my head. They're not super common, but whenever I see them on the road. Just like, say, Mara is a Jeep uh, Comanche pickup truck, like back when they made those. So I had one of those. It came with the shop when I bought it and actually used it as a Show scrap truck. 
and a guy bought it and redid it from the I ground the, up. I love the Jeep trucks too. Yeah, and uh, that that truck came out super nice. Yeah, yeah. He brought it by and had me look at it, and uh, it was super nice truck. My, my brother had a Comanche. It was the only Jeep I've ever liked. It was a little stick shift, especially the S10. But you know, the, they called them the Mopar XJs. Versions. Yeah, XJs. Uh, nineteen eighty three to two thousand. I still can't picture it. Then it's just a Cherokee. It's a Cherokee. It's just a with Cherokee, two doors. but it's got two doors. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a yeah, coupe. Yeah, yeah. A Cherokee yeah. coupe. Yeah, that bad boy. Yeah, I love those cars, especially that red. Well, you could you do come pretty much anything to them, and they'll keep running. And now, if you look at a Jeep the wrong way, it throws a check engine light. The seating position yeah. of a Jeep is wrong to me. You're sitting down too much. You're sitting flat. It's like you're sitting in a uh, in a race car. Like it's it, to me, a Jeep should be. It's an SUV, so you should be seated, seated upright. You're yeah. leaning back too far. Your ass is on the ground. You're in an SUV, and, it's an you're, SUV and you're prone. That, uh, you sit in it like your, it's your a legs car. are extended. Yeah. It's a sedan. Yeah. Do you That's like my, the gladiators? I haven't been in one yet. Or a Wagoneer. I can't afford to touch a Wagoneer, so I'm afraid to get near one. <laughs> Audrey, so I- I've had that conversation <laughs> with Chrysler Techs that have worked on them, and I don't, I, I'm not, not, you know, they get a good one, but there's a crap ton of problems with those. And when you're paying um, more than most mortgage payments in this town, no kidding, man. Like a hundred uh, and some odd Audrey thousand and I, dollars. My wife, for a we Jeep. went to uh, the local um, Jeep dealership here in town and just, we had nothing else to do, and it was like... Uh, this is Bash Jeep Night on Ball It's like Slog, a quarter everybody. till seven in the evening. So we were like, let's go just look in the windows of the Wagoneers. Uh-huh. And because I'm, I'm actually... I've been obsessed with the old Wagoneers for a long time, especially if it's got the wood paneling. Uh-huh. But um, so it was like, let's just go check them out. And we didn't realize that they were going to be open till seven that night. I thought for sure, you know. They're not yeah, could go unbothered. Now. You right. got trapped. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got trapped. You want to take a test drive? You know, we could get you in this. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was insane. I I told the guy, I was like, it's like uh, way out of our price range. Well, we you know we might be able to work with you a little bit. And I said, if you could come <laughs> down about forty five thousand dollars, we could maybe do something. Yeah. So you're one of the, I just had this conversation with somebody that looked at a car with me earlier today, looked at our 200. Like people are so afraid to get caught at a dealership talking to salespeople or something like that. Like it's like, I, I swear I'll get 30 more people that'll want to test drive a car or see them looking at a car if I park it outside. But God forbid that they go in the showroom to look at the car on the showroom floor. <laughs> like half the time I'm helping in the service side or talking or I'm doing something and you know what I mean? And so like no one really bothers anybody, but you know what I mean? Like they, <clears throat> there's such a horrible like view of like when you walk into a dealership and just the immense amount of pressure that you think yeah. you're going to get or think you're going to feel. And that <clears throat> people just carry that because they're so used to going into your your franchise dealers and all that and just feeling that you know that immense like you know they were all over you yeah, i was like that the first couple of times but if i'm genuinely looking for a vehicle then it i'm not like that at all because i i realize that the ball is in i'm the customer sure the ball's in my core i'm the one with the money sure you have to win me over so i mean i'm feeling pretty confident to talk to you and if and yeah. I, I'm going in because of the internet. I'm going into the dealership knowing like what 
right. what I'm there to look at. Yep. I'm knowing the price that I have in my mind. Yep. So it's like everything on my end is already figured out. I'm Whenever you come and talk to me as the car salesman, it's like yes or no, you know? More, more or less, that's the best way to put it is buyers are so informed nowadays that honestly, you're just there to answer like, hasn't been in any accidents unless you already paid for your own car fax. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. No, it hasn't. Here's the auto check or whatever you want to put. And, or, um, Hey, can I get the keys so we can like listen to it? That's really all you do because most people, by the time they're there because they've already looked at it. They've, they've already, already, they've they, already they seen already it. They've the already decided is. they want. Yeah. Or they don't, may, they may not want that one, but they know they want that type. And right. yeah, that's a hundred percent. That's the easiest way to sell a car too that I have found is just the no pressure, which is really what you should shoot for, is just the facilitating and answering like, here, here's the keys, look at it, you come get me when you're ready, because you already know you're there, what you're there for. But you, so most, of, most of your customers have found a car and they're coming in because they searched for it online or they found it that way. They're not going in and say, hey, what do you have? So, well, and that's what I was going to say. There is, I have had customers that just need a vehicle. Um, and they just want to know one because, you know, they know that we've probably taken care of it because of the service side or whatever. Um, or two is they just, they're, we're new and they don't really know if we have a website or whatever, which we do, the Hoosier, we have HoosierAutoGroup.com. And, um, but our inventory is so low because we just started and I don't want to, I don't want to drown myself in inventory. Um, and then, like you said, it depreciates, can't sell it. But so they, they just want to come and see what we've got. And so um, those those customers are actually the harder sale. You know, they're even though they don't know what they want, and so they're just they're looking for anything. Shopping they're a hundred percent. Yeah, they're a hundred percent the hardest sell because they're not in love with anything. Right. Exactly. So you can't you can't find a hot button for nothing. And, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. But yep. I the car dealership doesn't scare me. It's the it's the finance and insurance uh, office that scares me. The, oh yeah. You know those those people that with the, when they start. When when the warranties and the payments See, come out, that's where I the my, payments, that's where my yeah. danger comes about. But okay, so are you, when you guys buy a car, do you immediately feel like no, I ain't buying that warranty for no reason. I don't want I don't want it. Don't need it. It's a waste of money. They don't cover anything. Do you have that? No, no, never been that way. Actually, I was that way. Um, I was that way whenever I bought my truck. Um, mm-hmm. and but I haven't. With the, the new vehicles that we bought, because my truck was um, like a few years old whenever I bought it, maybe four years old. So I wasn't, I, I was like, okay, uh, I don't think I'm going to get the warranty, which I don't know even know why, but also I was like 20. Uh-huh. So then when we bought the new vehicles for my wife, um, it's usually not like the first one that they offer, but then like spend some time researching. And usually they have different types of warranties that they'll offer you. And I mean, you just kind of look at it. Right. And and then I'll, and then I think on one of the vehicles, I think on the Buick, we decided not to, because we also kind of had in the back of our heads that we weren't going to have that car for very long. And we didn't. So it kind of worked out. But then I think on the one that we just bought, it's, or that not that we just bought that we bought three right. years ago, we did, we did get a warranty on it. So <clears throat> here's the way that I sell my warranties. Right. And this is the way, this is what I would tell you guys just going and buying a car. 
you're buying a used car. No one's a fortune teller, right? So you can go through it all you want. Um, every starter has got one start left in it. Every every battery's got a start left in it. Every oil pump's got one drive left in it. Something, right? So you're buying a used car, and for five hundred bucks, even and more than likely, you're going to know if that car is going to have issues within the first year or two. So I don't ever try to sell people like the five year, six year, four year warranties, whatever. But for four hundred dollars, when you're buying, you're buying a ten thousand dollars, yeah, fourteen thousand dollar vehicle, yeah, for five hundred bucks, you're going to get a powertrain and AC and brake warranty for five hundred bucks. You know, for the next year, fourteen thousand miles. That's where that that's the selling yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. To that. There's there's some yeah. value in those. Yeah, that's I, for sure. You know, the last two vehicles I purchased have been new, and my view is, hey, if, if I'm going to have something go wrong, I'm probably going to know during the manufacturer's warranty. Right. Sure. So you know, I, I'm it's like shooting an air. It's such a finite target. If I'm going to keep a car 200,000 miles and I've got a hundred thousand mile warranty, well, am I going to have my problem? What's my likelihood of having my problem in that between mile marker 100,000 and 120,000? I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna get that lucky. So I generally turn down an extended warranty at a, at a, on a new car. Yeah, and I never pushed, or I never bought or pushed like the you're buying a used car and now on your <clears throat> if you go buy like a Maserati, which you know I, I don't know if you're thinking about it. I wouldn't do it on Henry County roads. But just saying, yeah, no kidding. But so like <laughs> the wheel and tire alignment rack. Yeah, the wheel and tire packages and all that stuff. See, I don't, even, I can, but we don't even offer those because at the end of the day. You can call wheel alloy wheel repair and they'll repair your wheel for like you know, two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty right. bucks, and you're going to pay you know fifteen hundred dollars for a wheel and tire package or whatever. And that's that's the that's the gray area for me is like don't want to push that stuff because one it's it's just not worth it to me. You know what I mean? Yep. And two people the internet like you said so people could Google wheel repair and it's like well I just you just charge me fifteen hundred bucks for this and there's a guy that'll do it for like two hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's it's that follow up question, like why did you charge me this much? And I don't yep. want to save that bad conversation. Yep, yep. Because uh, you have to. Once again, you have to live here. Yes, that's the deal. Yes. All right. So let's, uh, I guess, highlighting stuff so people so people understand. We haven't really sure. talked about. I guess the there was one more major area that I wanted to get into, and that was actually yeah. building the building facility and yeah. any of the permitting, the dealing, the all of the extra. Inner, the outside factors is you're trying to go from I have the idea I'm going to build a new dealership and automotive group you say sure. hey where am I going to go because you're on 14th street here in town you're on state sure. road 103 mm-hmm. you're looking around the community how do you decide what site you're going to do what the building looks like all of that that we never got into that so I actually offered I had a written offer in on the company that owned that property before the EDC here in town bought it um and the company turned down my offer probably six months before the EDC bought it. And uh, so I actually had – I had wanted this property for a year or more. Um, and so I, I, I always knew I wanted to be on three. But um, the locations – I looked at the location between Clancy's and Advanced Auto. Um, there was nowhere on three in town that I could I could move and get busier, but I was busy to where I couldn't grow there. And so it was the same, you know, you no matter where. Same yeah, same footprint, right. Yeah, I was going to be stuck at 50 car spaces max. Um, and, you needed to build a parking garage, yes. Right, yes, exactly. Go up. 
Yeah, and uh, or just like yeah, those pay to park lots, and then you know once Borsay gets too big, maybe they'll just <laughs> rent it, off, you know, or TS Tech can just yeah. rent it off me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I always wanted that lot, but so EDC bought it, and um, I can't remember if it was up for sale or if I just heard that they bought it or I saw the sold sign or whatever. So I looked on Beacon, and then I got a hold of them and said, "Hey, what are you guys going to do with this property? Oh, hey, we're going to resell it." Well. I want it. I want to be in line. Right. And at that point in time, you know, we didn't know at that point in time, what they were asking for. It was probably, you know, everybody's got to make money. I get that. Um, but at that point in time, I didn't know all the issues I was going to have with building the building there. Um, which is a whole other, like we could do three episodes of part one, two, and three of issues of building a building at that location. So, I mean, just high level. I mean, it, they, uh, there was water, no utilities. So you need water, sewer, yeah. electric yeah. to be able so, to exist. You so need road access. Yep. So, uh, Comcast, $48,000. If I wanted to have a hardwired internet there, yeah. um, building lines is expensive. Yeah. They, uh, they, they would trench up to $20,000 worth of work or whatever it was. They said, uh, they would do it for a cool forty eight thousand. So we ended up going with uh, we use computers in Coherent Town, and we we actually have Starlink. And there you so, go. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, huh. Yeah. And so we're one of like you're, two or three people. That you're a satellite that. operated internet business. Yes. And uh, and then we ended up having a trench. So we were talking before the show again. Our sewer had to trench from our building all the way to four hundred up to the front of Boar's Head. That was the nearest main, and. Uh, can't remember where we got our water from, but it's the same thing with water. We had to we had to do some water. You'd think being on State Road Three, all the utilities would be there. Yeah, you would think, and uh, that was some mis miscommunication. Getting of, a little uh, close to Spiceland, though. So yeah, yeah, and uh, that was some miscommunication uh, at the beginning um, of of what happened there. So, but. as a business owner, are you just stuck, or are you appealing? How does how does what you know? You now you've got the. Now you got the property. What sure. are you? How, what are you supposed to do? How do you, how do you how do you maneuver that? So honestly, um, I just started calling around to different construction companies. Said this is what I'm thinking about doing. Um, you know, once start getting quotes. Um, got a few quotes. Called the bank. Um, said, hey, you know, this is what I'm quoted. This is you know, the land's already paid for. I've already you know, the, more or less, I was buying the land out of pocket. And uh, we were all rolled it into one loan, but pretty much I was going to own the land. Um, and so, you know, this is the total for the project. And uh, really, that's that's pretty much it. Um, when it gets hairy when building anywhere on a state highway, you know, like you said, you want to touch on that. Um, the right-of-ways, the, uh, we're going through the hydraulics part of it right now. So, like, the um, where our water drains, like, into that big ditch. Um, going through that right now, as far as, you know, we had to, our parking lot actually had to be made as a partial retention pond. Not I say pond, but it's partial retention for the water um, before it flows out into the ditch because it has to be held back some way. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes you, into it. You can't it. just create all that water and dump it into the right. In the yeah, just, ditch. Yeah, yeah, hold yeah, some you can't shoot it out like a, of a small pipe and it goes. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So, like, you know, when I got that quote, I didn't expect to have to do these concrete underground drains that the state made us put in. Um, that was, you know, $200,000 worth of stuff that wasn't expected. And, you know, people don't see that side of it, but you've always got to have that, 
um, that ability to, you know, kind of at this point, you're too far. You got to go forward with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of unknowns that I would tell whoever's going to build on, you know, make sure that whoever does your engineering, your drawings, make sure that they get all those approvals, all those, this is what it's going to take and have that stuff priced out because, you know, some of the stuff we didn't learn until we were halfway through the building process. Like when we learned about the drainage, we already had the building like 35% done. Like it was studs and, you know, walls. And so some of that stuff kind of just, you know, what are you going to do? How about, how about having, uh, you open your business and then immediately you're in a construction zone. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, (laughs) yeah. So the state flower blooms. Yes. Um, congratulations, Justin. We love your business so much. You're going to get a brand new road, right? Sure. And I, I'm sure they did it just for me. Um, Long term, it'll be nice because um, we yeah. we obvi- all of our test drives are obviously on that road for our cars, and so we have our own little test drive route where we can get on like bumpy roads and we take left hand right hand turns and all that stuff. Um, but it'll be nice to be able to hear like on a smooth road and actually be able to listen to the cars rather than paying attention to the cones trying to dodge those because you know now we've got to go up and basically go down to one hundred three or four hundred or go down further to get on a smooth highway speed because you know customer will come in only does it at 75 mile an hour well then you got to go 70 or then only does it at 65 mile an hour or whatever and you're in a construction zone and so yep yeah so i mean long term it'll be fine but currently people people complain about it all the time yeah remember when indot said that they were going to have three resurfaced mid-june that's cool yeah wishful thinking yeah have they started Indot's yet? really good at that just yeah, well, they're putting in culverts across the road. Yeah, they're, I was going to say, I think they're just too. fixing the yeah. Just, just wait until next year when they when they do right through the heart of town. Are they doing I don't live the town in, I don't live oh, yeah, the heart of town, but I live by the, but I live in Spiceland. So, you know, hmm. it sucks. I didn't know they were doing through town next year. They got to finish this first. It's on, it's on the list. It's, it's coming. The work, the work is coming. They've done all the outside things that lead to the heart of town first. Right. And then go, see how nice it's going to be? Just remember. There was rumors that they were going to put a stop, which you know, people may hate it, people may love it. There was rumors they were going to do try to get a stoplight put in at 400 and, uh, and 3. And that, honestly, is I would both hands up for that. Because, you know, honestly, it, it's our, our building is in the best place when you're coming north on 3 because you look like you're going to run right into it. Yep. But you go buy it on that t- on that turn. Mm. So you're concentrating where you're driving and you kind of miss our cars that are for sale because there's so many cars there. Yep. You kind of miss what's for sale and what's not. And so if they put a stoplight there, that would be, well, there's be so a-okay much, with me. There's so much traffic there yes. right now. At, at what yeah. point do you start putting bows on the car? Are we going to have like a summer to remember I sale? I kind of want to buy one big bow <laughs> just for that one customer that wants to buy a car for somebody else. But again, it's kind of like, I don't know. My cars are kind of in, like I said, that's that gray area where I may get a car in there that somebody, it's affordable enough for somebody to buy for like their f- kid's first car. They may Here's your the Corolla. Bow. Yeah. Um, I do have, I haven't had to put them out yet. I do have the SALE to put under the hoods, you know, if I want to line them up out oh, there. But nice. Yeah. yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done that yet. That's a classic. Yes. All right. Let's, let's talk w- w- one last thing here on the, on the dealership side. Then we're going to get into submarine talk. Uh, or whatever the hell it's not yeah. called submarine. It's a, it's a something else. Uh, what's the coolest car you have on the lot right now for sale? Coolest or just coolest. nicest? I, I, either or. 
I don't know. None of them are like I'll cool. I'll go to the website and find out for no, you. Th- no, I'll tell you. Don't <laughs> look. That's judgmental. Um, probably pick it for you. The best looking vehicle, I think, because my favorite color is red, is our the Buick Encore we have, the 18 Buick Encore. Because um, it's just, when that thing's detailed and it came back from detail, that the color red is Dakota's phenomenal. a big Buick guy. And uh, the, does nicest, love a Buick. the nicest car we have is probably a Chrysler 200. It's loaded out with heated, cooled, everything. I heard those are imported from Detroit. Oh, yeah? I think that was the tagline back in there. Maybe it was the 300. The back the, the yeah. commercials were imported from Detroit. That's probably one of the most popular said. cars. Periods the three hundred because they look so good. Yeah, people kind of like the two hundreds, but man, if I get a three hundred out there, yeah. people are all over it. That's that's Henry County. That's that's yeah. a Henry County thing. That's yeah. the. What do you see as a daily driver that comes through the shop? That's just like, oh my god, this is still out there. Like old caravans. What do you, what do you oh, see? Oh yeah, yeah, you see old caravans, um, old jeeps, neons. Uh, no, you don't see the neons anymore. <laughs> Honestly, cobalts, Chevy cobalts. Yeah, we we still get the cobalts. We still get the still get the G sixes every once in a while. Uh, um, yeah, the Grand Prix. The those are going away. A few honestly. surviving uh, Pontiacs. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, as far as like old stuff that's still on the road, um, the Ford Fusions, the old oh eight oh seven mm, Ford yeah. Fusions. Yeah, um, Buick Terreza, the vans. Remember those? We just did. One, we've done a couple of those. That oh, was the Chevy. Yeah. Was that the Chevy Uplanders yeah. Buick yes. version? Yep, yep. And uh, Pontiac Transport, I think, was also in that family. Yeah, and uh, we get a ton of. We get a ton of like everybody keeps their truck, you know. So we do. We do get a ton of like the O four to O eight trucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that you say that though because. It's crazy that five, six years ago, the cars that we were seeing, you know, that were tailing off, they have gone away. Like, you really don't. We've got a 98 Dakota there now just for a, a distributor issue. But as far as like pre 2000s, no Saturns running around anymore. I saw one Saturn <laughs> the other day, had it needed a AC compressor, but it was a clean little car. And, uh, but no, other than that, like things that are abandoned, old, Oldsmobile, Pontiac. No, you don't see Eagles. Those. You Eagles are gone. You don't see any of the old Buicks anymore. The Roadmasters, the the Rivieras. Um, gosh, my grandpa had Buicks forever. Rivieras and Roadmasters, and I, that's all I remember Buick wise. Not the uh, not the new one, which didn't they have a tagline? It's not your not, not your grandfather's your car. Yeah, yeah, not your grandfather's yeah, car or something. But I think it was not your grandfather's. Buick, not your grandfather's yeah. Buick or something. Yeah. Which they're actually getting ready to redo their logo again. And I think they're going to ditch some of the circular part and just do like three flags. If you Google that, I, I think mean, honestly, I we loved the Buick. I like the color had. in the Buick, the, the '80s Buick logo with the red, white, and blue in it. We had a 2020 Excellent. Buick Envision for like a year, mm-hmm. and it was sweet. That car was awesome. It was almost the same car as my Terrain. And your Buick, mm-hmm. you had the start. The, you could turn off your start-stop feature, which I was envious of. Mm-hmm. All right, submarine talk. Dakota, have you been have you been following? Uh yeah. Today today's Thursday and it's uh we, we found office, out today that the story did not end well. The office just got satellite TV and Fox News plays on a loop, so they had been doing like, Sound on or sound off? They had usually sound off. I mean it, it's like either Fox News or like daytime TV, like Maury <laughs> or whatever is on now. Those drama shows. But anyway, been watching all the pressers for it 
and yesterday it was like the only thing I wanted to say on this is that yesterday he said the 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 guy doing the press release for the Coast Guard said this is one hundred percent a search and rescue operation and they were talking about the banging noises that they were hearing that lasted for three minutes every twenty seven minutes. And and so it was like, wow, like they're down there. And then um, on Twitter, all of it was circulating where they had the recordings of the bangings that they'd released. And it was like, oh, man, that definitely sounds like someone hitting metal. And then today they're like, yeah, uh, it imploded. Like found, as soon as they we found a refield, as soon as they uh, lost contact, it was gone. So now it's like. What was that? What was right. the banging? What is down banging on the Titanic? Yeah. yeah, you've already got the equipment there. You might as well find out what. Right. Yeah. yeah. We should send two or three Let's more submersibles down deeper. and just see what else we can find. Probably shouldn't get those from Ocean Gate, though. I so I know, probably not. Better. <laughs> I heard about the story and I'm like, okay, yeah, something's missing. Whatever. And then I remembered that Sarah and I had watched the CBS. This is my old man thing that I do is we watch CBS Sunday morning and they had this guy, yeah. David, whoever, who had gone down and done a report on it the year, like earlier from last year, but it aired like six months ago. And I'm like, Sarah, I think we saw this. Like I, we, I, I know I had this vague memory of, I remember watching this report on this thing. And then we went back to watch the video and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is definitely it. And then this guy has like, he did this one random report six months ago and now he is the expert like he has all of the video he's talked to the ceo that's been you know that was on the thing and he's the hottest ticket in town to give the interview yeah he was on fox news yeah talking about it they're showing clips he'd been everywhere and then people catch on and they're like this you know logitech 30 dollar controller is what he's using and he talks about the waivers he signs people who make the off-brand playstation (laughs) and xbox controllers the walmart is is what they you know it's what they did and the guy you know, unfortunately, the the guy that was the CEO that lost his life on this thing, he was like, yeah, we bought this at Camping World. And yeah, you know, we cut corners here and here and here, but none of this matters. We've got all the safety side. But they Did didn't you? because the director of their, <laughs> like the Marine side, he was, he was raising red flags like a month ago saying the, the viewing window is only good for a thousand meters depth, and the Titanic that you're wanting to go to is at four thousand. Yeah. And they just fired the guy. That's what I was going to say. Is like, do you think that that's true? All that stuff where he's, you know, <clears throat> well, this guy knows that we're full of it, so we're just going to fire him. I I don't know. There's got to be a gray area there of like just letting somebody go because they bring, hey, you might die. I'm not mad. Yeah, I, I'm not honestly not mad at like the exploration or the idea of it. You know, there's been all this talk of well, these billionaires paid a quarter million dollars a piece for their seats on it. You know, there were basically there were five seats on on the thing, and the way it usually operated is there were three paying passengers. So every time they dropped somebody down, so I'm sure they probably only got to go five or six times. You know, five or six trips out. So you build this business model of you're right. subsidizing with you know seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Maybe they go down four times in a week, and you get to do it. 10 times in the summer, very small window of time, but it's basically privately funded science. You know, you've got a scientist down there that's doing research. You've got three people that are tourists that are paying for the thing. And then you got somebody that actually operated it. That made like that part made sense to me. Yeah. And I can't get mad at it. And then it's, you know, there are real risks of, you know, it's more people have been on the surface of the moon than have been 13,000 feet below the sea. It's, you know, this stuff used to happen 
right. you know, in, in 1492, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue, ships left and they never came back. This is just, we're just not used to it anymore. Yeah, I want to know what kind of testing there was done on those. Like, because, you know, <clears throat> are they tests like, hey, this is on a computer. You know, it says it should withstand this much pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah, or right. they're only, you know, are they, is it a simulated test or is it just a, do they actually, it's like, hey, we're going to try to go down this many meters this right. time and just see what happens. But and, it's, I mean, I would have obviously there's risks in it, but you'd have some right. confidence going. This thing went down however many times last year, the year before. It's not like it's not like you're on the very first launch. But like, I think did that version of it go down all the way to the Titanic? I the understanding, at least the you know, who the hell knows on the reporting, but the understanding right. I had was it was the same equipment. It's you know there is one of these. It's not like there's a fleet of them. Right. It's not like Justin with his three pool vehicles. It's there. You know. Right. It's the one. But did they all have the camping world light? The you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I, that's what I was wondering is is if this version was a budget version or was it one of the ones that had already made the journey multiple times right. when I started looking into it a little bit. Yeah. And that's that would be the only question I'd have would be what's what was that testing? Yeah. The understanding I had, and it would change it if they had multiple, you know, multiple chassis, so to speak. Right. But if it was this is the chassis and it's been down two or three years in a row, right. to me I'm like, well, that's been that's seaworthy or whatever. It was proven, obviously it failed, but it was proven like it, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I'd it's only more, as good as the guy that put in the 17 bolts or whatever the hell it was too. Yeah, but, I'd have more questions for the if the CEO hadn't been on it. Oh yeah, know? that's true. Like if the CEO was just like, well, guess five people died. Sorry guys. Yeah. yeah. No, he, I mean, he was confident enough to hop in, you know, yeah. Elon Musk hasn't gone in one of his rockets yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yet. I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, for as little as we know about it. I, yeah. And as, as is tradition, we deal with this. Through he could have used that to fake his own death. This could, that's this. Maybe he was in Dakota saying that he, this is Dakota's words. I'm going to say it for him. He was in so much debt overall that he he think that he they this, took this, this that thing a, back up to the surface, got a jet boat to Aruba, yep, and then Newfoundland would have made scattered, more scattered scattered some debris from one of the test vehicles and let it ride. I watched the press conference. The you know the the Coast Guard or whoever is giving their press conference. They open it up, and the second lady to ask questions is like. Well, what about the bodies? What are you going to do to bring up the bodies or whatever? And I'm like, they're there. Like, sorry, yeah. we're moving on. Story over. It's that's the part's done. Yeah. Now, Dakota, are you pro or anti humor meme when when these tragedies and these things come along? Because I I feel like we as a society cope with it. We cope mm-hmm. with trauma through humor, and that's a very human experience. Well, and some people cope with it by getting mad at the people that are making the memes. Well, Justin, as a business owner, you don't need to comment. Uh, this is my comments only, and there are no reflection on Justin or his business. I was uh, thinking that they were really funny, and there were some good reels on Instagram that were really funny. But like I said, whenever all we talked about this earlier, whenever all of them were coming out, you still had hope. They were banging every twenty-seven minutes on the side of the boat. That's what we thought, and that they had. 12 more hours. The Coast Guard was zeroing in on where the sound was coming from. There's pretty good. So, like, it was funny 
to have the idea and make the memes of like, oh, the the controller died and they've just been sitting at the bottom of the ocean waiting to be rescued for five days. Right. Yeah. Twelve hours later, yeah, we find out that they've been dead for five days. I mean, if you that read... was my next question. Is, yeah, didn't they just didn't they announce that it it had went down or imploded or whatever? Like right at the time they should have ran out of air, like when they were like, "Well, it doesn't matter if they're dead or alive now because they would have been out of oxygen yeah, they if they're there." Yeah. So, but now we know it's been it's a bit, it's yeah. imploded. Well, they found it this morning. Allegedly, they you know because it took time to get equipment in to be able to find it or whatever. So this morning they got there and found found the debris field and verified it. And about the time they should have run out of oxygen is when right. they, when they broke the story. Yeah, I'm just saying. It, man, it the, all the, lines up. The news cycle was over. It was. Yeah, the, yep. It was. Yeah, we got. It was going to end one way or another. You might yeah. as well say, "Oh, we at least know what we've, happened." We've got comfort for the families, and you move yeah, on, right? And we can move on. You know, we've. Honestly, it would have been more disturbing if they had never found them, and then we all just thought that they, that all five of them sat in this sarcophagus for five days slowly running out of oxygen and getting hypothermia freezing to death that is a way worse death than just like pop lights out yeah i mean so david pogue i looked to make sure i got the right the, the cbs reporter that actually went down on a ocean gate submersible whether it was this one or not that was the one that with the big window though yeah i think when when Pogue went down on it, he he said, "Look, there's like seven different ways for it to come up, and mm-hmm. you know some of them are automatic; they don't require any human intervention. So it was either, yeah, you know, he he nailed it. He said it either already it failed down there and it's over, yeah, or it's stuck on something down there, and there's no way to bring them back if it is, or it has resurfaced somewhere in the ocean and we haven't found it yet. And that was the best hope was that it's resurfaced and, and they you know they, they were going to find it in the ocean somewhere because if it was stuck." It's just, you right. know, there's no recovery and there, there definitely was no recovery in that window of time that they would have gotten it back. So I guess the story is, uh, story is complete. Now we can wait for the TV movie. Yep. Netflix. Yeah. Although it's tougher to tell the story if it just went away immediately. There's no, there's no, there's not much of a movie there. Yeah, there's really not. Yeah, they could do, they could do like a four part series <laughs> on how it, you know, like, well, I guess we could, they the, could the do story the could be on the front end, the development. And yeah, the I was going to say, they make, could do yeah. the whole part one where this yeah. guy got fired and then go into that and this guy mm. said it was this, you know, That's iffy. That's definitely either Netflix or Vice's great comeback. <laughs> Vice went down with the Ocean Gate. I believe it's also in bankruptcy. Yeah, they are. How would you like to be somebody on payroll at OceanGate when the CEO is gone and you just like, well, are, are you going to go to work tomorrow? Take some money and run. Imagine is being a social writing, media manager Is anybody right even now. writing your checks this week? You're the social media manager telling Twitter that your boss is dead. Last That's insane. Last That's one. what an insane position. Last one out, turn out the lights. Yeah. Yeah. We're never, you're never coming back from that. You know, it's going to be like two generations before anyone else tries to do a startup like that. It yeah. it is now. I was going thinking to, of that today. As they a, are it, now going to be like nuclear energy is now, where people are just so scared of it, even though it's like super safe. Yeah, I, you think so? For the Titanic, uh, I, yeah. I, I there's such an there's such a, an allure there that I think people there are only so many frontiers left, right? right. What is it's the allure? Space or the deep found sea? A, find a dirty coral covered old boat because you're a rich guy that can say that you've been 
13,000 feet. Or, they said you know, one of the guys that died had the nickname Mr. Titanic. Yeah. He, had, so he was like a huge uh, Titanic. He was the pilot. And the, had, yeah. There was a guy that had brought back a bunch of artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole private, being like a private sector, you know, dive, whatever. Um, I think that's going to be the, that might take a little while to come back. But yeah, like he said, or, you know, space or it's, you know, up or down. And I think that with the push for, you know, like, now we're going to start taking people to space as joy rides. I think that that's only going to that's only going to push people to push harder to go down. Yeah. Every you know, look if you climb Mount Everest, you walk by a whole lot of dead people, I and mean, people do it every year. Yeah. You know, but it, there's a I think it's hell I think it's right now it's May or June like the Everest climbing season is a very small window, and it's you know you're going to have a certain number of people that try to make it and certain ones right. that don't, and it happens every single year. Um. That's the human existence, man. Yeah, push nope. the limit. Nobody, nobody went into this thinking it was completely safe either. Yeah, wasn't. And that's, that's where, isn't there, that nobody, what the CEO yeah. told the the guy that was on Fox? Yeah. He was like, "Well, if you want to be safe all the time, just never leave your house." Yeah, and I, I mean, that, to me, that that's part of how I live life too. Is that there are no guarantees in anything. Nope. So if you if nobody innocently got in with an expectation of hundred percent safety. No, sure. You know, it's a if you're if you're signing up for an Apollo mission back in the day, or if you're signing up for you know, we've lost two space shuttles in my life. I don't know how old you are, Justin, but in my lifetime, we've lost two space shuttles. It's it's like that. Like it's that yeah. it's you know, exploration is. I never would have been. You couldn't have paid me two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> to go down on that thing. No, there's Not, no way. If it was, if it was like, if it was like a naval submarine. And it had been down there a bunch of times, sure. But once I get in that thing and that guy whips out a Logitech controller, right. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I'm yeah. on the other side. Honestly, this is not if it right. was the same yeah. same chassis and had gone down for two or three years in a row, I probably, it's like getting on a, to me, it's, it's somewhere a little more dangerous than getting on a small airplane, which crash constantly, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, it, small planes crash in almost every state all the time. Ocean's way scarier to me. But it's the same. I know. I'm just saying. I'm I, telling you, like, yeah, in my head, yeah. the idea of diving that far in the ocean is yeah. way more frightening. For yeah. some reason, like you said, outcome's the same. But in my yeah. mind, it's just way more scary. Yeah, I would fly. I, I fly a ton. Right. I would fly before I would ever. I don't even, I don't even want to do a cruise because I got to be able to see land or, you know, be able to swim there. Yeah. And, uh. I couldn't do that. I can't go. Mm-mm, not happening. Even swimming in a lake, I'm never 100 percent comfortable. <laughs> I don't know about that. You can't what see my. Scary I can't about see my feet. Lake. Oh, okay. Yeah. What I've is? seen. I've, that's a Brookville problem for you. <laughs> I'm never like. I'm still having fun, but I'm like always a little like. Mm. Yeah, but what's in there? A walleye? You're gonna lose a toe to a walleye bite? It's, it'll I've be fine. Seen all, I've been on the boat and seen all kinds of snakes. And I just don't like snakes. They I don't, don't do snakes. They don't really like you either. I, I wouldn't worry. The that reason I, I mean, I don't like snakes because I'm not good at identifying snakes. All if right. I was smarter and was like, oh yeah, I don't like snakes. Because snake. I don't like snakes. That's just big old. I don't no, want to identify it. I just don't old, want to touch it or be around no it. Yeah. All right. Let's move into final thoughts. We're we're burning. Uh, we've burnt yeah. through almost all the daylight. Thank God it's June. It's and after still, nine o'clock. I know. I know. This is why I'm, I'm trying to wrap you up here. Justin, if people want to get their car worked on, they want to come in. They want to. They want to see the uh, the next 
what 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 are you trying to turn into? You can be the next CarMax. What what, so, what next Acre Auto Group? What's what's the? It really just I don't know. It depends. Um, so the overall goal, Ocean Gate Auto. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, the uh, I, I honestly, if you're gonna take a minivan and turn it into it, I think I think you got to take find that old Pontiac. Yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. I, I at some point. Um, a Pontiac. At some point, submarine. I fully uh, fully expect to see with the people that and the comedians and the funny car stuff that I follow on the internet, I fully expect to see somebody in a piece of crap vehicle that slaps a big ocean gate sticker and drives it around on the side of it on one of my guys pages that I follow. And, uh, just because it's, that's basically what they're saying is just made from a bunch of crap parts. But, um, no, so I, before I sell it all or before I get out of it or I find somebody to take it over a partner with, um, I'd like to have three repair shops and two dealerships. Um, definitely not wanting to stay in Newcastle only. Um, talked to two different companies in Muncie, uh, one on McGalliard and one that's kind of almost Yorktown. And um, the one on McGalliard, I can't believe he's still open. And, and nothing against him. He just It's like a four-day-a-week thing, and I think it's just a hobby. And I think that that's going to be one of the next – steps and then um you know r- other than that it's just doing doing some research to see where we want to go from there and it really just depends because i'm really um and, and i know we're trying to wrap up but it's like you know the one thought that runs through my head the more i do this is that you know i i'm really getting into like where my kids are getting older where they want to do more stuff and so like when they were younger like i can't do i couldn't do any of this without my wife like no way um, cause she takes care of absolutely like everything at the house. She takes care of the kids. Like I don't have to worry about any of that, which makes it, you know what I mean? And so it makes building the business way, not easy, but easier cause I can focus on it. And, uh, so part of that, it's like, I want to grow that much more, but I, I find myself wanting to go and see my kids like soccer games and things like that. And when we're as backed up and as busy as we are, it makes it really hard because I, I also have that drive where, you know, and I've got good people that work for me now that also have a good work ethic that want to, I want to stay after and finish this customer's car. Cause I know we're two days behind because, you know, so-and-so called in or, you know, couldn't get a part in time, whatever. And it's really a gray area for me um, is de- deciding on how quickly and how much further I want to grow because I find myself having to choose between some of those things. Yeah. Your brain wants money, your body wants rest and your heart wants to spend time with your family. Yeah, and, and the money thing, actually, it, I don't even think it's about, I know I've told people this, 100% true, it's not a money thing. Like, I, I made probably more money at my smaller location than I make now, 100%. Um, I honestly just, it's not a money thing. I just think it's really, I want to see how big I can take something that was nothing, or and I don't mean nothing, but, was bare, was, was not even open. Yeah, it was one. Group. Yeah, and I want to. I just want to see how far I can take it. Like I, that's all I want to do is just see how big I can make it. Successful. About the journey. Yeah, the journey. Yeah, it's honestly, it's not a money thing. Um, you know, if I can make people have good livings, you know, other people, um, I, along the way, and I can have a good life, great. But other than that, like, um, you know, like I said, as my kids get older, they want to be in more stuff. My wife can't. She can't take care of it all, um, and just because we just can't 
there's not enough bandwidth. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just, there's not enough bandwidth there. And, um, I'm, I went to a training this last week in Vegas for three days, two days. I was there three days. And, uh, I'm going to start reevaluating my own like work at the shop because like I, I look back and all the time that I waste that I could be trying to just make things easier and flow better and just to grow faster so I can have more spare time. And that's really where my focus is at is just trying to get better efficiency at the shop so we can get people's cars out faster. You need to have lunch with our, uh, with our Jesse Riddle, our other co-host, who's yeah. the, uh, who's the uh, IT he efficiency expert. could help that with that. That's exactly what he does. All right, so HoosierAutomotiveGroup.com. Call the shop if they want to schedule some auto service. I will yeah. say that Justin bailed our butts out last July or June, big time with the Tahoe. Helped us out. Went above Oh, yeah, I remember. That was yeah. the rear end blow-up, We had, wasn't we it? had the two rear diffs in, a, in, a, in two weeks. Yeah. Ugly. Yeah. Ugly. I still smell rear diff fluid. Uh, just at, in my sleep. Yeah, I was going to say, if you still smell road diff fluid, we need to get that just, back in. Just in, my, just not in even, my sleep. Yeah, yell that out <laughs> everywhere. It's fine. It's fine. But no, it's... Um, no, I've I've met, to be honest with you, man, like, I've I've made so many great friends through this that between you and, and, and Forrest and Kevin and, you know, the Dave McClure's and the, and the... You know, there's so many people out there that, like, I've met just from working on their cars... And they're just your, real your repeat customers. Well, it's not even that. It's just um, there's just like there's really you know there's bad there's bad customers, but there's just yeah. some really good people out there. They're just good people. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's the that's really one of the best parts. Rewarding. Well, we're glad you're here and hung out with us for an evening, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, some folks uh, check you out. D squared, you got anything for me? I just wanted to say thanks for coming on, Justin. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, I had something. I lost it. Must not be important. My takeaway, I, I think I, I said this in, a, in one of the wall group chats early on, is that it was the Ocean Gate thing was the world's worst magic school bus ever. Oh, my God. That's it was the worst guy. episode of magic school bus that had ever, yeah. that was ever conceived. Mm, that's a good one. That's a, well, a bad one. Yeah, that's a bad one, but it's fun. I mean, that's, I, and true. I haven't seen that meme, it's a good comparison. but that's, no, that's what it that's was. A good comparison. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. They, they went in the Titanic or whatever. Like, yeah, I was, cause I was like, if they're stuck somewhere, I thought magic school bus, they accidentally went in it. They're stuck in the ship. And that, that's the end so of the episode. So if I follow you yeah. on TikTok or something like that, are you going to, are you going to make a, <sighs> name? this mm-hmm. is it. All of the content creation that I have goes into, into this. Okay. Answering the bell to make this show happen. Every so Thursday. much judgment was going to get placed on you from so many people. If you made that. Yeah, I can take that. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. I'll, I'll just share it here on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we're back next Tuesday night next week uh, because two thirds of the uh, the core group is going to be heading to Mid Ohio, hopefully to watch. I remembered what my final thoughts were. Alex Polo win another race. We went to Mount Lawn Speedway. Yes, this weekend, and it was a great time. It was the fan appreciation night. Um, had an awesome time. It was ten dollars to get in for an adults. Uh, Did you see Zach? Zach's incredible Hooters car. Zach, uh, I don't think so. Didn't Man. I didn't see a Hooters car? Well, it's a Ho- Hooters livery. It's really not. It's, I think it's the oh. Halstead Home Improvements car, oh. but it, it was the Hooter livery from Alan Kawicki. I saw your brother. Your brother was there. Um, but no, it was like ten dollars for an adult to get in, free for kids under eight. It was a great time. Um, had a lot of fun. Jackson had an awesome time. We didn't stay super long because he was ready to go home. 
But yeah, it was a good time. Just uh, go out there. You enjoyed, you enjoyed your short track, track night. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to send Dakota back to Zach's desk yeah. and take us off the air. It's been fun. We'll be back on Tuesday night. Um, bear with us in July. A lot, of, a lot of summer travel, a lot of kid stuff going on. But we're going we're gonna to do as many shows as we possibly can. Um, and I think we're going to have a special one next week. So with that, we say thank you guys very much. Uh, if you haven't joined the Patreon, check it out. There's some cool stuff over there, and it literally is the way the show gets on the air. So thank you all very much. We'll see you next Tuesday.